folks, you may have read the description. You clicked on the podcast mm-hmm. and said, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. And you may have thought, I remember really liking that and thinking it was a fun movie. Or you may have thought, oh, isn't that like one of those movies? Isn't that some shit for nerds? Yeah. And the answer is yes, it yes. is some shit for nerds. It is, truly. But we felt like it was due for a critical reappraisal. Right. Uh, I mean, it's it, almost I had 15 like a, years old. a huge cultural impact. Yeah, yeah, it was very popular. I yeah, super popular. I'll come out and say that I owned all the Scott Pilgrim books. I watched this movie in theaters and really liked it at the uh-huh. time. And you watched um, it after you had read the books. Yes, and yeah. so Scott Pilgrim in the in the movie and books, he is twenty two yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think I was when the first one came out. I was probably sixteen. I feel like that's like ripe. Yeah. Perfect time for this. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought these were great. Does, I love them. Does the movie cover all of the, like the, the whole like plot of the, of the books? Yeah. It just, it just leaves a lot of stuff out because there's seven books. Yeah. And but so, it covers like, like yeah. the general. Okay. It covers the general yeah, yeah, okay. arc of the books. It doesn't change too much. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, I'm Dr. Movies. And I'm Rachel. And we're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Versus the world. Um, which in this case is really just like versus some some seven people ish but also like it should be it should be versus the world it should be versus the movie it should be versus the audience it's versus ourselves as well versus ourselves i mean it's 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 trying at times but because i watched this movie and i am ashamed that i liked the property of scott pilgrim so deeply (sighs) yeah i mean not like the it's for me at least it's tough because like i don't think that the movie is bad necessarily like, it's bad but like yeah, it's it's well composed yes um all edgar, edgar wright movies are slickly produced yeah and, sure and put together yeah there are very few times except for maybe the bollywood dance that happens for the first ex-boyfriend where i'm like this is a terrible directorial choice yeah you know? i think that the bollywood dance probably also represented the first real turning point against the movie where it was like uh oh well, right, oh. because we were probably watching the first 20 minutes of the movie and we were yeah. like, okay, like we were uncomfortable, yeah. but we were like, well, Getting we're about to get yeah. to fight the exes. So mm-hmm. we should just lay out. So the story of Scott Pilgrim is a 22-year-old slacker living in Toronto. Piece of shit. Um, and he's like in a band called Sex bob And this is our like first introduction to like yeah. the video game ization of reality that happens all throughout this movie which yes. gives us opportunities to do like interesting filmic things mm-hmm. where like uh there's graphics on the screen that are like video game graphics yeah. or it's like staged in a sort of video game mm-hmm. framing and there's video game sounds and yeah. boop, 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 boop. and obviously like you know the fighting is all video game mm-hmm. stuff um although i wanted to, to to you know kind of make an observation here but like in I, I assume in the books, like, you, you get the video game mm-hmm. portion of it. But in this, you get video game stuff and the comic stuff. They have Correct. to mix the yes. two. Yes. You also get, I, can, I think, a kind of a lot of anime, manga stuff yeah, in the comic books that you don't get, doesn't come through so much in Edgar Wright's style. Yeah, I, there are, like, definitely hints yeah. of it here and there. But it's he's more concerned with emulating the video game. Yeah, 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 it, that's, I think. yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, Scott Pilgrim, they're in the band. 
Mm-hmm. And he's immediately, we find out that he's dating Knives Chow, a Asian 17-year-old from uh, like Catholic high school yes. nearby. With the uniform and everything. And everyone in his life is like, you shouldn't be dating this 17-year-old. Except for his but bandmates. Except, uh, his they let him off the hook for it. Yeah, they're, they're like, like sure. don't do it, but they're not like, hey, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Which is the appropriate response if your 22-year-old friend is right. like, I'm dating a 17-year-old. Now... I think we all knew the 22-year-old guy who was dating the 17-year-old yes. in our lives. Like we so like this is a rich territory for like a film like to go. Like yeah. this is not an uninteresting thing to explore. Except in a comedy, except for they kind of make it pretty uninteresting. Yeah. Like I I'm definitely like we're not on the side of like you have to uh, like have a character saying like, oh, I condemn X, Y, Z bad mm-hmm. thing. Like that's not a, not what we're asking for. The movie just needs to be meaner. Yes. To piece of shit. And Scott exactly. Pilgrim. And by that, I don't think we mean the movie needs to like be like, you are a bad person for dating the 17 year old. What it needs to do is show how pathetic you have to be as yeah. a 22 year old to date a 17-year-old, and it never wants to wallow in how pathetic it, There are times is. where it starts to kind of, like, anytime where it's showing, like, him and, like, Wallace in their apartment in, mm-hmm. in, in bed, where it's, like, they're all sharing whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, you do get kind of a dose of, like, oh, he is pathetic, but there are also, like, endearing qualities He's about pathetic, him. pathetic like a cute dog is, Yeah, though. and I think ultimately, like, you want, you're supposed to root for him, yes. and, you know, I'm not saying anything new here, but, like, this is also just kind of like fantasy zone. And like you are, if you are like the young male viewer mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you're supposed to imagine yourself in the Scott Pilgrim role. Right. Okay. So let's set up why we think that that is, that there's really no other subtext to this film, at least intentionally. Yeah. Um, which is that, okay, so he's dating the 17 year old, he's in a band and then but it's like kind of like not going really anywhere because nothing yeah. really can go anywhere. It's just like you're just dating an immature person because yeah. you're not mature yourself. Yes. Um, but then he sees Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Ramona. Ramona. And she has dyed hair. So and cool. and she's just she she's roller skates. And yeah. And she's really neat. Yeah. And she, she's kind of dry. Yeah. She's very dry, but not really, I would say, witty. No. At all. No. Um, she's a pretty passive person and he's like immediately in love with her yeah like he stalks her at a party yeah which is great right um yeah he forces interaction when mm-hmm. she doesn't want it and he, but he's like sucks at it but too. it works but it, but yeah it sort of works she's of just like oh works. you're charming because the yeah. movie wants us to find him charming enough yes for this woman to be into this woman who admittedly we don't particularly care for who Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yeah, as her performance, the, the character. Well, I the character yeah. too, but I think yeah. also her performance is. It's, I mean, what could she do? I mean, because the character is a zero. Yeah, this it's is. Zero. Yes. We, we talked about this movie as like being one of the foundational manic pixie dream girl movies. We argued like, about the meaning of foundational for a second. <laughs> we did. But yeah, we but, did agree that we were saying the same thing, but which using is, different yes. words, which is that this, you know, is part of the, the canon of mm-hmm. manic pixie dream girl shit. Uh, yes. It's like this and like, you know, 500 days of summer. And it's right. like, and so much has been said about it. We much, don't have to, this isn't that about here. that, but it is, uh, but I do think that 
it is a hindrance to the character in that I, and I think you, like, never felt connected to her or interested. She's just a slate. And so the fact that she is so much that trope, like, it is limiting. She, like, fights, and that's supposed to be, like, her depth. It's like, oh, she stands up for herself eventually. But, like... Yeah, kind of. Okay. Like, there's no... She's not funny. She's not smart. Yeah. Like, I, I, I wanted to say that when I saw the movie as like a 16 year old, I thought she was like the hottest woman. ever. <laughs> I was just like, she's so hot. And on this watch, you're just like that wig. Yeah. And this watch, you're just like, okay, so there's like a 22 year old girl in a wig. It's there's a 22 year old girl in a wig. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so we were kind of like, this movie is like, you could really, the tagline of this movie could really be like, what if you got to have sex with a hot girl? Yeah. What would you do to make that happen? What would you do? Yeah. Would you have to fight the man's manifestations of your jealousy for her exes or her, emotional baggage or just the knowledge that she had sex with other people before you right who knows oh no oh no oh no but like that is kind of an element in here in the way that they talk about certain things it's never defined never defined what her exes represent (sighs) which i I don't know you know again it doesn't need to be like a hey this is but there needs to be like a clear through line if in fact they represent anything which brings me back to my point of i don't think there's anything beneath the surface of this i think it's just pure man wouldn't it be cool to like fist fight your girlfriend's exes and mm-hmm. beat them in a, in a show of strength mm-hmm. and ability in front of your girl mm-hmm. wouldn't that be cool it's like yeah yeah dude it would be cool yeah. okay it's a shower fantasy there's nothing there's nothing beyond that um and the problem is is like yeah it makes the movie kind of just flat and, and yeah. stylistically, everything else has to happen for us to care. And there's a lot going on. And there's a lot that looks cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool touch. Interesting thing there. Although, you know, in general, you know, you don't care for like the video game don't aesthetic. Don't care for the video game. I think at the time I did, I was like, I'm, I played video games Yeah, you were 16. And now I'm like, I don't. And so I don't care. It yeah. doesn't go. It, it, it you doesn't know, win points. It's very Funko Poppy for uh, me, yeah. you know, where it's just like, hey, you like this, right? You, like, you want more of this? You want more of this aesthetic, right? Well, oh, here it God. is. Oh, God. Uh, which is like kind of not really a fair criticism because like some people are really into that. Yeah, but you're allowed not to like it. Like I oh, think yeah. that like, like, yeah, it doesn't mean that necessarily it's bad, but I think that sometimes like I don't like it is conflated with it's bad. And that's not really the case here. Like maybe it is bad, but like I'm already biased against it. I'm not going right. to be able to judge whether it is. So if you're listening and you're like, but I like that stuff. It's like, well, okay, then great. Fine. Then I'm, you're I, probably going to enjoy this and that's fine. Well, actually I wouldn't. You're going to enjoy far. the looks. I wouldn't go that far because, oh, you're going to enjoy the looks. Yes. You're yeah. going to enjoy the Edgar Wright style, which by the way, I don't know if we've said this on this podcast, but if you ever do a bunch of student films in LA, you'll find he is, Number one with a goddamn bullet <laughs> on inspiration to young student filmmakers in Los Angeles. At least he was five years ago. Yeah. I haven't yeah, looked I mean, into that, the student that, film that, scene that in tracks. a while. Yeah. But like Edgar Wright, people love him. People love people Edgar Wright. People love his style and his sensibilities. Yes. Yeah. Um, and to that extent, like what, if you like that, yeah, th- th- that's not what's bad about this movie. So what I propose is... Yeah we go through the plot and talk about and psychoanalyze yeah. each of the events. Each it. of the, I mean, and basically, you know, it's kind of a, it's almost a, a cat's like plot in that it's mm. just like, 
guy come introduce yourself do your thing and then you're gone and it's just like well that with cats but this with exes and in doing that we'll get to talk about the absolutely stacked roster stacked roster actors that appear in this film that would go on to be extremely successful casted by allison jones the queen of this time (laughs) she got Um, after it this movie is a time capsule yeah. And I want to talk about, yeah, the psychology and time capsulization that this movie represents. All right. As we go through. Take us through. All right. So we, we've gotten through Ramona Flowers. They've met and they're going to do a battle of the bands. And yeah. the, Scott is seeing Ramona, but he won't break up with Knives Chow because he's too much of a pussy. Yes. Um, that is a major theme. She loves him. She's like, he's so cool. Yeah. And this represents the two archetypes of women mm-hmm. you can date when you're 22. Yeah. Which is like the disaffected cool girl mm-hmm. and the pick me. Yeah. Um, and the smothering the two, pick yeah, me. The two male fantasies. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Madonna whore, but it's the. But it's way more benign. It's way more benign. Exactly. Because if this movie was like darkly sexual in any way, I think it would be better. It would definitely be, yeah, I guess better for me, but I don't yeah. know if it would be better because, <laughs> because again, Knives Chow is a high schooler. Yeah. So, you know, there's only so much you can do in a fun movie when True. that is also happening. So they're going to be in this battle of the bands. Um, you know, uh, Scott is, he's pursuing Ramona mm-hmm. and they're starting to, to court a little bit. And their band um, is good, we should say. And their band is good. Yeah, yes. like the, the movie does like the the music of the time, which was kind of like white stripesy indie. Yes. That's what they are. And like it's well, whoever composed the songs for this, they're they're all pretty much bangers. Yeah, no, they're all they they're are. good. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um and so it's at one of these um like qualifiers, I guess, that mm-hmm. I think that's where we meet the first X. Yes. Um who loudly it, crashes in through this. Loudly crash and is like I, <laughs> I think that part of the reason this didn't totally work for me is because, yeah, like we were getting uh, like more like stylistic or like, you know, kind of like zany elements going on before. Mm -hmm. But then this feels like an abrupt, like, oh, my God, like this, you're truly going off the wall. Like all pretense about realism is completely shattered. And we should say the acting style is never realistic. No. In the film at no. all, like no one is talking to each other as they would in real life. No, it's uh, it's like all heightened, which is like I guess fine. But I mean, and maybe it might just be you know directly from the, a lot the of the comic. dialogue is yeah. directly from the comic. Which and I think you know I we've I think we've talked about this before, just in terms of like animation stuff, but maybe not. Um, but I think that I don't know, like I. I it wouldn't buy. Bo- I don't think like dialogue that is kind of like stilted or whatever would really stick out to me in mm-hmm. a comic book. Yes. Because that's its rightful Because you can format. voice it with your own imagination. Yeah, you do whatever you want with it. Like, that's that's totally fine. And also, it's just expected. And you're not anticipating weird dialogue when you go to see a movie, necessarily. Like, there are times when I think that that's become someone's, like, signature. But I don't necessarily think that it works all the time in here because there's right. such a swing in terms of what the tone is. Well, because the the 
what's actually happening is so maximal in the sense of like they're literally fighting yes with like karate and, and flaming and swords dragons. and stuff but the way that they sort of speak about it or at least m- most of the main characters is kind of like oh you're oh we're fighting yes like they're never afraid yeah they're never they're just kind of like blase about it which is which is fine i guess but like it's it's somewhat alienating in a like live action movie where it's not in like a comic right to see that sort of thing. Right. Um, like no one remarks really too much upon the fact that these like anime style fights are going on. They're just like, Oh, this happens in our world. You know? Yeah. I think the only time that there's like a remark made about like someone about Scott having killed someone is when Brie Larson is like, you had bonked my boyfriend and he exploded. Right. But that's the only time when anything. So this, I think how I would summarize it is like, the action is melodramatic, but the emotions are not. Yes. And I think that that, but they're also not hyper-realism. No. So you get this sort of like I think there's a certain flatness. Thing. There's a flatness. Yeah. And I think that is the flatness of irony that is now being, being fully coming into its adolescence mm. in this time yeah. of the, of the mid 2000s. Yeah. There were parts of this where we were like, oh, is that soy dialogue? Right. But it's not really. It kind of avoids it's, it. It's not quite soy dialogue. Yeah. It's more. It's more dry. It's like the dry Gen X humor almost. Yeah. Because it was written by a Gen Xer. Yeah. So that's where we're like living in that yeah. sort of humor, dry humor style. But it's yeah. also enamored of video games, but is almost embarrassed that it is. I don't know. I yeah, because I think that you know, as we were watching, we talked a little bit about this of like Scott, like is pathetic for sure. And it's like, it's almost like self-deprecating, mm-hmm. but he's still like the, 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 the pro tag. He's still the guy that we're supposed to be rooting for. He, but he's cast is, as Michael Sarah. Like he's a likable guy. Yeah. But you're like, oh, but like, you're like gross and bad and pathetic. He's like, yeah, like I kind of am, but it's he, that he never kind of strange does, attitude. He like, his passivity is what hurts people. It's never, he doesn't really like ever actively hurt people. Yeah. So you're like you can never hold it too much against him, or at least the like, movie doesn't like want inaction. you to. Yeah, absolutely. But you do. But you do because, because you're, you're like, like I fucking hate this. Fuck guy. off! Yeah, a hundred percent. So you know he gets through this first fight with Ramona's ex number one. It's shortly after this that it's like revealed what's going on. That it's like you got to fight all the the, the people. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually all revealed during the Chris Evans yeah. uh, fight. Which I mean, I like Chris Evans. Yeah. People like Chris Evans. And he's funny in this. He's funny. He plays like an action star. Which is funny. Um, so like, I don't really know what the, fir- her, her first boyfriend is like Indian, I guess. And yeah. He's like a little Bollywood dance. And yeah. then he, he's quickly dispatched. So I don't really know what he represents. And then I guess the actor boyfriend represents his like, oh, insecurity against the it's, fact that this guy's famous. You know what? Here, But here's, here's what I'm going to say. And I'll, I'll keep saying it as much as I need to. Uh-huh. This is proof that there's nothing else going beneath the surface because it's not like consistently applied there's yes. no like kind of rhyme or reason to it and when it's like getting cherry-picked and there's like oh well it's this one that has characteristics and this one doesn't really have anything going on it's like okay well how are you like what then what rules can you use to derive meaning right. from this because i guess you could say they all represent his feelings of inadequacy but then they also seem to have control over the character of ramona so yes. therefore they also represent her baggage yes so it's like okay I guess. I guess that's not 
conflicting metaphor, but it's mixing, certainly. And like, okay, so like the baggage. So, like, so let's say that, you know, we talked about it, the Chris Evans stuff rep- would represent like his jealousy, whatever. Right. In the, this is just like her emotional baggage, whatever. It's like, oh, well, it's like her hyper-masculine boyfriend ex. Uh-huh. But it's like, okay, but the you other. you shouldn't date those guys. But the other one They're is shallow. just like, he's Indian, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, okay. Okay, I don't know how that has baggage, but uh, okay, I'm sure. Moving on to the third one. Moving on to the third one. It's the bassist yes. in Scott Pilgrim's, who replaced Scott Pilgrim in the band Clash at the Demon Head. Which I've, I've seen this movie a couple of times, uh-huh. and it, that's never, I've never realized that that's what's going on there. I thought that he was just the bassist. Right, so I guess I'm drawing from my the lore of the comics where like yeah. he's replaced and, and like in the comics is a lot more interesting because Scott's ex who is played by Brie Larson in this film. Who's good in this. Like fired him and broke up with him from a band that went on to be really successful. Yeah. And he got replaced by this bassist who is a vegan. Yeah. Who she, Brie Larson is now dating. Now we should say Brie Larson does a good voice in this movie and sings and she's yeah. a delight. And yeah, she's great. We f- sometimes I think forget that Brie Larson is quite talented. Yes, but 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 she is. Yeah, she's fun in this uh, fun getup that they have her in. Um, and the, yeah, so the bassist is, is vegan and this is kind of also like one of the time capsule things mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, okay, we're doing vegan discourse. Yes. Or it's like, oh, we're making jokes about veganism, yeah. et cetera. And like, 2008, oh, okay. baby. Oh, eat bacon. You, oh, yeah. Ba- it's like, Epic oh. bacon. How could you <laughs> not like bacon <laughs> you vegans exactly what it is they, uh, you know and in their defense vegans were annoying at this time like <laughs> in this, their defense. this was like you had to be there but they were really annoying yeah they, i was a vegetarian i i you're allowed to say that yeah uh they literally have the vegan police come in here because michael sarah scott you know, tricks the basis into drinking milk with half and half rather than yeah. soy milk um mm-hmm. he takes the soy he, he takes the soy he drinks the soy um and then the vegan police come and depower him and then he oh and then scott pilgrim like we we're mentioning earlier bonks him in the head so hard he turns into coins mm-hmm. and then brie larson is like you just bonk my how could you do that but i forgive coins. you goodbye and then she's gone yeah. from the story she's completely gone and it's just like okay like okay. we're not really fleshing anything out no it's just we're on to the next there's thing. also there's no lingering no whatsoever but the vegan police are funny the vegan police are funny. I think I think it was Thomas Jane is one of them, yeah. and it's like that's funny to the me. High okay, five, we laughed. Yeah, the, the high five. So you know, speaking of little laughs like that, there are so many in this. Or just yeah. like little, like oh, wait, like that was a great little gag. Yeah. Well, and I think that what really it, it, it goes to show that Edgar Wright is a talented director in some sense, uh, definitely because like the visual jokes are some of the best jokes. Yeah. Um, and he's always doing visual jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason people are drawn to him because he puts in the work, at yeah. least visually, you know, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. No, and, it's, and like, uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said of, like, this movie is actually quite funny, even though, like... Mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin's very funny. Kieran Culkin, even though there's a little too much gay, humor, a little too much gay, like by which we mean like about him being homosexual, which again, 2008. Again, 2000. So it's like okay, like whatever. I guess like that's fine. Um, it came out 2010. Okay, so okay. wow, first movie of the tens. Oh, first movie still of the with tens. the stink of the 2000s. Oh, yeah, all over it. Yeah, there's like there's definitely a little bit too much too much of that stuff. Um. 
But uh, so who's up next in terms of the exes? Right. So he dispatches the bassist. Oh, and then, I think that he like, encounters uh, Mae Whitman at mm-hmm. one point and then but she doesn't come back as the ex until later because right. the twist is she's Ramona has had lesbian a, ex. Yeah. His, her, yeah. That, that Ramona has had some sort of girlish experimentation right. which is what she so that's representative says. of that insecurity um, yeah of just like woman is better than me and the and the movie fumbles an opportunity and the comic doesn't do this either to like explore a sort of parallel story that could be happening there where mm-hmm. like so scott's disrespecting knives by like not really breaking up with her and sort of being a coward and like mm-hmm. i feel like if it's if truly ramona was, a, like stringing her yeah if along. ramona had been stringing this lesbian girl along yeah. because she was just like oh i want to have like a cool bye phase mm-hmm. and um no they don't go they don't they don't address instead that at all. she just like helps him fight her because he can't he's like i can't hit a girl so you hold my fists <clears throat> and but then, then Go ahead. No, you, I no. want you to say no, it. No, no, no. Take uh, it away. No, I want you to say it. And then Ramona in uses her womanly powers to give Scott the ultimate tip to defeat this lesbian. He makes her orgasm by touching, touching the back of her knee, yeah. uh, just like a light poke, so hard she's like, that she bursts into coins. Comes so hard she bursts into coins. <laughs> Which is just like okay, supports male fantasy. Yeah. Wow, you made a lesbian come so hard she turns into cold coins. Wow, wow, wow <laughs> it's really wow. inspiring stuff. So she's dispatched fairly easily yeah. at this point, mm-hmm. and they they do try to do some sort of by discourse a little bit i mean only in the service of making the you say you're bi curious well i'm bi furious (laughs) joke um so yeah it was all in the service of that really Um, then after they beat him she says you're just like another ex-boyfriend waiting to happen because she's like not really satisfied with his like sort of level of uh just fucking sucks like he's just like not he's just kind of like a pussy yeah he is um which is like that's an incredible dig oh and so this actually does make me can you hear that my cat is sneezing up a storm we'll we'll cut that out it's very cute (laughs) oh are you okay (laughs) oh sorry He's going to keep sneezing. It's fine. Okay, but this is something that I wanted to to add in here because I was thinking of it at the line where she's like, you're just another evil ex Mm -hmm. waiting to happen. Part of the issue with this, and it's not really that big of an issue, but funny to think about, is that like in reality, when like women have evil exes, Mm. those evil exes sometimes uh, murder them. Uh, and that's really like the that's like the, the thing that I think is like the difference between like the like the masculine and feminine dating experience is like, you know, sure. women will come away with exes that are will, are will try to kill them. Like legitimately traumatizing. Legitimately traumatizing. And none of her exes are that. And like with like with like guys, like the joke is normally like, oh, yeah, like she was so crazy. It's just like she was like really, really she was really annoying is basically what you're saying. Or like she was like very controlling about I didn't get to hang with my boys. But it's like, oh, <laughs> so Ramona's evil exes like but they're just kind of annoying. They're not actual dangers. True. Yeah. They're just uh, there. But I just kept thinking about that. I'm just like, this like just Well, yeah, because that Scott's evil ex is that she just was kind of like, you suck. Yeah, just like, you you suck, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, or, or just like, not. I'm not into you anymore. Like, I want to be 
have like a more glamorous boyfriend and it's just like well yeah like Scott okay Pilgrim's not that cool he sucks He's i would break up with him too yeah. yeah no kidding so after um may whitman is gotten rid of mm-hmm. uh who's up next the twins yeah, then we're just like jumping straight to it. And there's just like nothing like th- this is probably one of the weaker parts of the movie for me mm-hmm. because it it gives all of the other exes some amount of stuff to do and meet to do, but like right. the first time you see the twins, they're already behind their DJ booth. Yeah, because they they're going to have, have a battle. They don't have any lines. Right. They're just Japanese. They're just Japanese twins and they use the midi keyboard yeah to like uh to attack conjure a dragon yeah and then they play their punk rock song so hard that uh like giant monster is formed and then they battle and they defeat and it's just kind of over yeah Um, and it's like okay it's like it's 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 just very unbalanced that like everybody else gets something and Mm -hmm. then the twins get absolutely nothing represent his fear that she was tag teamed by two men <laughs> by two japanese <laughs> men two hot japanese men <laughs> by two final fantasy guys uh yeah which is as we've talked about you know one of the archetypes what that women the like <laughs> final fantasy they guys like... well yeah and so the whole thing I, the whole time i was like yeah so they like final fantasy guys they like tony soprano looking guys and then they just like old dudes yeah and i was just like if this was real life if this is real life mary elizabeth winston would just date an old dude yeah but then she kind of does because the final boss is it, like old jason schwartzman <laughs> old, old old rich jason schwartzman, jason schwartzman yeah. which is great i i think he's actually a, he's a highlight for me yeah he does a good movie. job he's really funny although his end battle scene goes on for too long mm-hmm. and i stopped caring so basically um, we can just wrap it up by saying he's like the record producer that yeah. they've been trying to impress the whole time but oh no he's also one of mona's exes yeah and, and there's like, like a kind of a storyline about like the, the his band signs to jason schwartzman's mm-hmm. record label but it's on the condition that it's without scott right and so he gets left behind but the band is better without him mm-hmm. which is like that's kind of like the only area of actual growth for scott in the movie because at the end of this and you told me that there was a cut where something else happened but Uh at the end of this like he walks off into the proverbial sunset with ramona yeah he pulls a sword that equals the power of self-respect out of his heart yes and kills he says i'm fighting you for me not Not for for her." her yeah and then he and then he's man enough to apologize to knives for leading her on yeah and and cheating on her which again i must remind you knives is in high school Mm mm-hmm uh, this is what I mean when I'm saying that's like that they they, they they let him off the hook. The movie yeah. lets him off the hook because it makes it way more about, oh, I deceived this high schooler and not like <laughs> I was trying to have sex with a high schooler. Yeah. Like, hold on. Hold on. Well, they would never do it now, I don't think. No. And, and to be in clear, a movie like in this. the movie, Scott also does not do any statutory rape. They don't no. actually do it. He doesn't anything. even kiss her, I don't think. No. Because he's nervous about it, but he's into her, but he's yeah. like too scared to because he knows that she's in high school. Yeah. So that's a part of it. Um, but I mean, like, I feel like this movie was incredibly impactful and like was like viewed really, really positively. Well, yeah, because I think the, the thing is, A, stylistically, it was of its time and that was what was popular. That type of music, those type of aesthetics, those type of fucking outfits, mm-hmm. all of it. Like, yeah. well well realized yeah um and then the other fact of the matter is you're the worst person in the world when you're 22 
just terrible. A 22-year-old tw- man is way worse than a 16-year-old man. Like, you're terrible when you're 16, but, like, yeah. you're so, your brain is so small that no one can hold yeah. it against you, no matter how awful you and are. And you haven't yet been empowered by adulthood. Mm-hmm. But when, but you are the worst person you could possibly be when you're 22. Yeah, and we, And I feel like we just kept thinking whenever the movie was good, it was when it was exploring the that fact. The fact that you suck. That you suck when you're 22. But unfortunately, it never really wanted to go there. Yeah. It never wanted to ever explore the reality of sucking when you're fucking 22. No, because it was time for video game. It was time for video game. And not to, you know, and then they're like, oh, he grows up at the end. He has self-respect and he's honest with the women in his life. But it's just like, I didn't, he didn't have to endure anything actually and nothing about those realizations because he just did video game fights he just did video game fights there wasn't anything actually substantial going on there and that it could it could have been there's a good movie or like there's a good story about this part of your life in there and i assume you know i i haven't read them but i assume like the books because there's more time that can be devoted to any one conflict. Assuming like there's seven books, there's probably one X in mm-hmm. a book or whatever. You're allowed to devote more, you know, character development and time into this, so that, that so that the fights actually can maybe become more meaningful. And, and in the the book, I recall that they are to a certain extent, but the fact, the the fundamental fact of that problem, I think, is still there, mm. which is just like okay, so like yeah, this isn't real. Mm-hmm. Which we kind Enough. of talked about uh, in the Avatar pod. Sure, it's just like when there's that barrier. Mm-hmm. When it's in this case, when it's just video game shit, right? You don't have time to get into the other. Which is like, you know what? Whatever. It, it's it's you know a comedy from 2010. I can't be get that mad at it. I'm not. I'm not like. I don't think this is an offensive film. No. I just think that it is representative of although we do think that it has poisoned brains right it's representative of an adolescent psychology yes and it's not satisfying it's not doesn't feel satisfying yeah i agree and i think part of it is just because we were completely rooting against scott pilgrim the whole time Mm -hmm. it's a mea culpa it's it's, it's a mea culpa for him but it's like oh but then he gets to have sex with the hot girl at the end Mm -hmm. which is that's the subtitle of the movie and I'm not even saying that a dude like Scott Pilgrim doesn't deserve to be forgiven for being like he is. I'm not saying that at all because I was kind of like Scott Pilgrim. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, everyone sure. who was 22 was. Like yeah. We liked that. We related to him. Yeah. But it's just not a good enough story, I think. It's not a good enough story. What? So then that led me to the question, what's the boomer Scott Pilgrim? And I, I so I, I've been thinking about this and... I think that like you have to like identify like what are the elements like is it the like kind of like same or similar age relatedness is it the attitudes about relationships like what is like what is the defining quality of it that you would look for in another let me throw one out there because I think that even though this was written by a Gen Xer this is the millennial version okay. of this I think that the Gen X version of this is um high fidelity okay which is like about learning to treat women better yeah getting over your ex and but also like growing up and like moving on from your youthful sort of indiscretions and and passivity and cowardness yeah okay um but i think high fidelity 
is a good movie. Like I think that because okay, it's so that honest proves with it, itself, right? You it's know? like there is a good, there's a good concept here. There's a good story here. Because also the thing about High Fidelity is, what is he? He is a record store guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is into records. He is into these like aesthetic things. And at the end of High Fidelity, like it's okay for him to become a producer of aesthetics. They're not saying the aesthetics themselves is wrong, yeah. but you can't define yourself in relation to them. Mm. Scott Pilgrim is still defined in relation to video game shit. Yeah. Whereas I think his name is Rob Gordon in High Fidelity matures by breaking away yeah. from that. Oh, well, it doesn't have to be mature. It's just for fun. Shut up. I know. Yeah, it's a shut up. Like that's not, not relevant. No, get out. That's not relevant. Because it's the same question that you have to deal with. Yeah. Only now you are affirming that actually you don't need to change. Exactly. Yeah, because he doesn't really like he's he's just like he has like a moment of clarity. But that's after it. like an hour and a half of movie time, he can accept that he did something wrong. Right. That's that's as that's much it. as we get. It's like, oh, OK. So what's the sure. but do the boomers have this story? I don't know. I don't know if the boomers have this story. Or is this like a is this the postmodern condition movie? That were defined in relation to aesthetic cultural products and and you know trash essentially, and we have to overcome that. Yeah, I don't know. The I trash know is winning. Boomer. The trash is win. The trash is winning. Is the thing. Is that the is that the conclusion of Scott Pilgrim? So then, what's the Zoomer Scott Pilgrim? The trash is fully, fully conquered it right <laughs> the trash is yeah fully gone over it would be um, i guess it would be uh ready player one it might be i mean ready player one i actually have found like more like i, I actually i was gonna say more millennials but i don't know any zoomers so right. i can't really weigh in on that but like yeah i guess yeah i could see that i think that the timing is kind of wrong for it right um but i think it kind of it, it's and it's the same kind of like self-referential stuff i think that is also like an element yes. of scott pilgrimism miss marvel it's too disnified to be this yeah but, way too cleaned up but it is still about being sort of like obsessed with well i think that that takes it to like when the properties the pro like but in the celebratory way because it's but like, in the, also like you know in her case like in miss marvel's case it's like literally literally a, a fan like that is yes her entire well, we talked role. about it a little bit in Black Adam where like mm. the the main kid character is like a fan of comics and therefore yeah. knows how to instruct yes. Black Adam yeah yeah where his his entire role is completely defined by the fact that he is a fan of the property exactly Powerful we're seeing stuff. more and more protagonists be completely subsumed by this idea that to be a fan of the property is the dominant personality trait and good thing because that's really the only thing that's good about Scott yeah. Pilgrim is that he likes cool music. Yeah, that he has good taste in music. He has good taste in music. He does he not have good bass. taste in anything else. Yeah, women, anything. clothing. But if you have access to the right property. Yeah, the right video games, the right. Whatever it is. Trash. Whatever, whatever trash it is. Detritus. Cultural detritus. Cultural detritus. Don't be like Scott Pilgrim. Don't be like Scott. Don't be. A, don't be a pathetic, disgusting, gross loser. Yeah. Don't do it. You think we only talk about movies in our lives? Me and Rachel. No, we talk yeah. about other stuff because we're real human beings. Other stuff. Yeah, not just movies. Name one other thing, for example. 
the government. For example, the government. We talk about the government. Gambling. Gambling. Yeah, that's a hot topic. Uh, uh, you know, our relationships. Yes, exactly. Not the Reddit, but our no. possessive. But yes, uh, anything that's happening on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, that's probably actually maybe more to the that's trash more to the trash side more of the trash side uh but i mean I, I think that if you if you have watched this movie and i assume that kind of anyone who is even remotely interested in listening to a commentary or podcast about scott pilgrim has in fact seen it yeah. um if it's been a while since you've seen it but you remember liking it it is interesting to rewatch. yeah if you haven't seen it, You'll I cringe. don't really recommend it unless you want to view it strictly as like a representative of the time it was made in. Yeah. You you will cringe to see yourself depicted at your worst time in your life so shabbily. So shabbily. You'll be like, oh, no, don't let me off the hook for that. It'll, yeah, you're right. I was bad when you, I was 22. Yeah, this movie will give you in truth of thought syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful with this one. Be careful. Man, loaded weapon. Yeah. Tough. I think that's all we really need to say about that. I think that's all that needs to be said about Scott Pilgrim. Closing the book on you. Boom. Done. All seven volumes. All seven and volumes. All seven case. X's. And the streaming service. And the streaming service. Yeah, what did we watch this on? Netflix? This is on Netflix right yeah. now. Check it out. It's one of the biggest hits on Netflix. Y- yeah, apparently. Popular. Yeah. All right, this has been Movie Podcast Evangelion. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, bye.